G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, let's get an impression of what's going on in South Australia, an interesting development in South Australia where it appears that the major South Australian political parties are ganging up to entrench power in the South Australian Upper House. David DeLima is the Family Voice Australia South Australian Director, and David is joining us. Hello, David. Welcome along to 2020. Hello. Good to be with you now. David, the South Australian Labor government quietly introduced a bill to almost eliminate preferential voting in the Upper House. How has that begun to unfold? Well, Neil, the situation here is uh, in South Australia we have two Houses of Parliament and that's the case with every state in Australia except, of course, for Queensland. Uh, And the the virtue of having two Houses of Parliament is that you can elect two different groups of individuals. It's often the case that government dominates in the lower house where government is formed but will not dominate the upper house. So the very last thing we need is domination by one party of both houses and we really want to make sure that we have smaller voices being expressed. So we're a bit concerned that this bill is really going to take away smaller voices, minority representation here in our South Australian upper house. David, one of the big concerns uh, that I pick up from uh, a note or a release that you made was that Uh, Last week, while the media was in South Australia mostly focused on that very controversial euthanasia debate, that's the time when this particular bill came to the fore. Uh, What are your thoughts on whether this has come by way of some level of stealth? Well, it's hard to say. Um, Certainly there has been quite a bit of media coverage on the matter. So once things go on the public record, they're really out there, even if there's not much fanfare at the time. It's true that on that day, all the attention was on euthanasia. But as I say, there's been some media coverage just today in our local paper, for example. And so we hope that the matter will be flushed out, so to speak, and that there'll be public scrutiny. I think the general public would not be pleased to think that our parliament will be dominated simply by the two major players. Okay, the likely issues that can arise if this legislation passes uh, for the South Australian Upper House, uh, what sort of things would people expect in South Australia? Well, uh, if this occurs, then we would lock out uh, all the minor players. So currently in the South Australian Upper House, we've got couple of family first MPs so they're a conservative party we've also got the Greens and uh, it's it's helpful I think to have a, a mix of various views both uh, to the left and to the right of centre and then we've got uh, a couple of very active uh, independent players uh, and these really help to make both government and opposition accountable so they are the grit and the oyster you might say I think people really value those smaller voices and really, it's coming out of a, a biblical framework, which is foundational to the whole 
civic system. And um, in in First Corinthians, Paul says uh, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. So with that kind of a theological background, we have taken to ourselves a civic system which finds room for small voices to be expressed because sometimes they're right. And I think that the people of South Australia, and this, uh, this as, you, as you say, has implications for the rest of the nation if uh, other parts of the country follow suit. Uh, I think the people of South Australia would not be pleased to lock out these small voices. Now, it's interesting if we reflect on Malcolm Turnbull's ideas of reforming the electoral system for the Senate, and uh, his idea was to try and get control of the Senate too, and it seems to have backfired on him. And there's a, you know, an aggressive set of different minorities that are in the Senate. How do states work? Uh, do they are they under the same rules as the federal system? Uh, is it different for states? Do they all make their own rules for their uh, for their upper houses? They do. Uh, every state has its own electoral system, and. The difference really is in the upper houses. So federally, the government uh, recently, well, the entire parliament agreed, of course, uh, some time ago before the recent election to try to prevent these sort of backroom preference deals from going on. They were never entirely secret because uh, all of those preference tickets are available for public scrutiny, but you just about need a PhD in political science to understand what it all means. And so the government quite wisely wanted to put the the preferences back in the hands of the voters, but unfortunately that's had the the effect of of locking out some of the smaller players. Um, if you're there with a significant enough minority, such as uh, Nick Xenophon's team here in South Australia or One Nation uh, across the nation, you'll still get plenty of representation. But the, the, the smaller players, uh, such as Family First, uh, are tending to get locked out. So, yeah, uh, the, whether, whether the Prime Minister's happy with the result is another question. Um, politics, of course, is unpredictable, so you never know what you're going to get. So in South Australia, David, and as a Christian leader in South Australia and uh, making these sorts of impressions, uh, helping to shape the way that Christians might think about how these changes might affect uh, Christians uh, and ordinary people who are a part of the whole state of South Australia, is this a good thing or a bad thing if these sorts of laws uh, were to pass in South Australia and then perhaps even filter over into other states? Well, it certainly would not be a good thing because we need just to slow down the process and we need to heed the wisdom, such as in uh, Proverbs 18, uh, the first to present his case seems right till another comes forward and questions him. So we need that second opinion, if you like. It's a bit like if you're not well, you get an opinion from your doctor. Sometimes it's good to get a second opinion. And the, the time delay between having two distinct houses is helpful and if you have one party dominating both or, or two major parties dominating um, one in one house and one in the other, then when it suits them, uh, then life can be very difficult for everyone else. So uh, in order to maximise scrutiny, you need minor players and smaller voices, and that means that you need uh, diversity. That's a good modern word for us to uh, uphold, isn't it, uh, biodiversity. We need political diversity as well. So I think that we must be vigilant about these matters 
and vigorous in defending our democracy so that we can hear from the smaller players. So in South Australia, if this legislation passes through, the result would be, in effect, a first-past-the-post voting system. And, uh, and what you're saying is that actually should be and should be seen as detrimental to actually having this opportunity for minority parties to be able to have a voice in the upper house in South Australia. So, uh, so it's something that ought to be resisted. Yes, absolutely. Neil, I don't think people realise how valuable is our democratic tradition uh, in this country, certainly federally and in South Australia. It's problematic in Queensland, uh, as we're all aware, with only one house. Um, And it's problematic in some of the other jurisdictions where the voting for the upper house doesn't really provide minority representation. But both federally and in South Australia, historically, we've had this approach The the first-past-the-post system is a bit like a horse race. It means whoever gets in uh, in ahead of everyone else will winner-takes-all. So that means that uh, you'll get uh, a lot of of, uh, of the big players, you'll get a lot of Labor members elected to the upper house, you'll get a lot of Liberals, and you won't get much else. So uh, that, as I say, um, diminishes diversity, it minimises smaller voices, and we need to hear from everyone, especially when we're legislating on such key matters as euthanasia, which you've raised, which was uh, before our parliament just last week. Uh, that's right, and voted down by a very narrow margin. So uh, yeah. with this legislation, both Labor and Liberal parties are supporting this bill and uh, believing it will give them more power. No doubt the bigger parties would be in favour of that. As you say, though... A good thing to slow down the processes of decision making in the parliament, and so uh, you don't want to be uh, short sighted. Uh, you want to be able to see a long term view of how important it is to have cross benches, to have minor party views in the South Australian parliament. Correct. The, uh, the it's obviously government policy, ALP policy. Uh, which, in fact, by the way, I should add, uh, with no disrespect intended to the ALP, but it is ALP policy to remove all all upper houses everywhere. Uh, But um, we're not sure exactly where the Liberals stand. They haven't taken a stand. The rumour is that they seem to be smiling upon the scheme, but they've been uh, rather castigated in today's newspaper um, by a columnist, and so they might be rethinking their views even as we speak. Family Voice Australia, following along what's happening there in South Australia, is there something that you're asking South Australian voters to do, David? Is there some sort of action that South Australians need to take at this time? Well, uh, we'll certainly be campaigning on that uh, as the matter heats up. We'll wait to see, I think, firstly, where the, where the Liberals go. Um, if, if, uh, then we'll have a better ability to, uh, to brief concerned Christians as they might want to make contact with their members of parliament. Uh, we've rather been concentrating on euthanasia, and I'm, I'm working on that uh, today, just to encourage concerned people to thank those members who voted conservatively and to just politely raise their concerns with those who voted the other way. But we'll just wait and see on this one a little bit longer before we swing into action, I think, Neil. And further on the euthanasia issue, and you're across this, and uh, I like the idea that uh, you're asking your supporters to actually thank those members who voted that legislation down. Uh, Does it mean that the euthanasia legislation in South Australia is now dead in the water and uh, for the time being? It's 
is not expected to resurface during the next 18 months or so of the current parliament, but um, it'll all be on uh, sooner or later uh, because the, the pro-euthanasia people are very excited and very passionate and very committed, and so they will be continuing to lobby their MPs. But what we're encouraging Christian people to do especially is to pray for their authorities, to pray for their members of parliament, and really to build up relationship with them. This is the missing element. Uh, it's easy for us to blast off an email or sign a petition uh, complaining or, or asking for something, but we are losing sight of the humanity of our members of parliament, who are always in trouble, by the way, <laughs> because they will always please one group and upset another. So every day is full of problems, and we really need to uphold them in prayer, and we need to love them as well. We need to pastor them and to encourage them and while, while we should be doing that anyway, it in fact provides a, a really good basis for sharing the wisdom of God with them. Uh, Jesus said, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So both are needed and in that order. And we forget to love our civic authorities. Uh, they don't make it any easier sometimes by some of the silly things they do and say. But we're called, of course, to love our enemies. So I think it's very important that we let the grace of God flow through us, that we can be good citizens and stakeholders, that's really what submission to authority means biblically, and that way we can encourage members of parliament and we can share the wisdom of God with them as they wrestle sometimes with very important life and death issues. Uh, well, David DeLima, uh, great insights today. David is the Family Voice Australia, South Australian director, and simply Google Family Voice Australia, and no doubt on the Family Voice Australia website there'll be uh, some detail there about uh, what David is talking about so far as the South Australian upper house and changing uh, the rules uh, for who can be uh, elected, uh, changing the electoral rules. Uh, David, thanks so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today here on 2020. It's a pleasure, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.